greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Hogan Era Podcast. I'm your host, JP John Podge, right here from the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling's podcasting feed, a part of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling's podcasting empire. Of course, each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're talking about the greatest era in the history of the business, 1984 to 1993 in the WWF, which a lot of people refer to it as the golden era, but it's really the era that made Vince McMahon a billionaire, and it was all thanks to the GOAT. The Babe Ruth of professional wrestling, the man that stirs the drink, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Each and every week here, of course, we've been talking about some of the greatest feuds in the Hulkster's history and really in wrestling history. If you think about it, you want to talk about money made and guys that could really draw. They were drawing money with the Hulkster and guys that were really doing a great job in that era. And making them top dollar, making the most money, we're doing it against Hulk Hogan a lot of the times on live events and on other shows outside of just pay-per-views because 
before pay-per-view became a real big thing and really kind of hit its stride and really became huge, there were still all these live events and other big time shows and the Saturday night main events of the world that were drawing a very, very good houses and drawing a lot of money for Vince McMahon and the WWF. And usually why they were drawing all that money and what it was predicated on was the drawing power and the prowess of Hulk Hogan. So you kind of put everything on his back but you need good heels for him to work against and that's where the, the show comes in where we're talking about the different guys that he was able to feud with during that period i mean every week obviously we talk about all the different guys that he's feuded with andre the giant we talk about earthquake we've talked about king kong bundy big john stud rowdy roddy piper macho man randy savage there's so many great guys that he feuded with and you know, you could say oh, those guys are great on their own, which is true. And all those guys are awesome and they're some of the best of all time. But when you put Hogan in the mix, it just enhances everything. It gets so much more interest on it. It elevates everybody's game. I always say this, all those guys are great. But if you take Hogan out of the picture, everybody kind of falls into a spot. Maybe they're not as comfortable in or maybe shouldn't be in. When you put Hogan back on top of the mountain, everybody falls into the right spot. Everybody falls into the right order and you get maximum value for everybody get the maximum usage out of everybody there you get the money that you want to be making and you're able to make because of hogan and where he kind of sits and what he is one of the things where man it's like man this guy is really a truly a god of wrestling and i know people want to disagree and, and obviously wrestling was around before him but it never reached the heights that it did until you had the hulkster i mean he just took it to another level he had probably the most charisma of anybody of all time he really kind of set the business in motion and he put everybody into a certain spot where they were great financially, but also in a great spot where professionally they were in the right position to excel. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, they always say baseball managers have to be in the business of putting their players in the best position to succeed and that the bad managers will put guys in bad spots where they can't succeed. Well, Vince McMahon was a great manager where he's putting guys in certain spots, but they don't succeed as well or as good as they should have without the Hulkster. I'll give you an example just quickly. You have Macho Man Randy Savage and his whole ascent to greatness without Hulkster being a part of that. I don't know if he gets to the heights. Obviously, he's Macho Man. He's a god of wrestling. But I don't know if he quite gets to the height where you want to because being in the mega powers, that kind of put him into a different stratosphere. And then he had that year-long run with the title where they did not lose any business. Obviously, Hulk was still a big part of the show. But that's one of the things like, okay, you did not lose any business. Warrior ends up beating the Hulkster and kind of taking the mantle. And the business went down. You could say, oh, it was kind of headed in that direction anyway. But I don't know. It was one of the things where I don't think the positioning of the guys was as good, like with Hulkster being in the number two role behind Warrior, when you had Savage and Hogan in 1A, 1B like in that kind of role for that year of 1988. So just a, just a thought that I was thinking like he, he was the perfect guy to put certain guys in the right spot. And I just love the fact that Hulkster can kind of draw money with, you won't say anybody, but basically he can draw big time money with almost anybody. And he did such a good job of it that he would be able to headline, you know, a show in 1987 against Killer Khan and it could sell out and then he wrestles Hercules and that'll also sell out in a different part of the country. So it just that's the power of Hulkamania and the Hulkster. But this week we'll be talking about a very small brief feud, but a good one against Nikolai Volkov, the former three-time WWF World Tag Team Champion, aka International World Tag Team Champion and one-time WWF Tag Team Champion, of course, with 
the legendary Iron Sheik. Also, he is, of course, a, a WWE Hall of Famer. He went in the same class as the Hulkster in 2005. Maybe the greatest Hall of Fame class of all time. Yet Hogan, Piper, Volkov, Sheik. I mean, that, that is maybe the greatest Hall of Fame class. Um, man, that I could probably think of. I'm trying to think of maybe maybe a better one. Maybe 2004 when you had Morocco and superstar Billy Graham and Bobby Heenan and Harley. But man, 2005, that class, and it's funny that Volkov goes in with Hogan, but that class is awesome. So you got Hogan, Piper, Cowboy Bob, Jimmy Hart, Mr. Wonderful, Nikolai Volkov, Iron Sheik. Damn, I mean, that's impressive as hell. That That is an awesome, awesome Hall of Fame class. And it's kind of all from that, that same era, obviously the Hogan era, but all from that mid-80s kind of level of greatness that they all reached um, during the Hogan era, for sure. So with Nikolai... His real WWF debut was all the way back in 1970, the WWF for Vince McMahon Sr., when he was a part of the Mongols. So it was April 4th, all the way back, man, that's crazy, 1970 was his actual debut as a part of the Mongols. He was a Beppo Mongol, and that would be a part of his tag team title run as well as part of the Mongols, two of them at least. But man, think about that. From 1970, he started in the WWF. And as he went his, on his way through, he did have a bunch of big matches and big-time feuds. And if if you remember correctly, he becomes Nikolai Volkov in 1974. And really, his first match there is against Jose Gonzalez. He beats him in Scranton, PA. About eight minutes or so, but the whole thing was before that, Beppo Mongol from 1970 and all the way to the end of 1971 was his name. So he went from that name, and then he left up there for three years, comes back in 1974, and becomes Nikolai Volkov. A lot of fans remember his great feud with Bruno San Martino and a couple matches that they had in Madison Square Garden. The thing was, if you were a huge heel, if you're a big-time name, you get the honor and prestige of wrestling in MSG in the main event against the top babyface, who, of course, at the time was Bruno Sammartino. So 3-4-1974 for the WWF, WWF title, excuse me, Bruno Sammartino versus Nikolai Volkov ends in a time limit. They actually call it a curfew time limit. The match goes 53 minutes. So that means, of course, next month they have to have the rematch and they have to have the sellout here as 4-1-1974 Bruno Sammartino defeats Nikolai Volkov in about 13 minutes in the rematch from the month before. Just really kind of cool to think like, wow, what like a history of him. So he's, he's the Mongols. He is the tag team champion. And then he comes back a few years later and he's Nikolai Volkov and he's the WWF champion. No, excuse me, not WWF champion, WWF champion challenger. So not only did he would challenge Bruno for the title years later, about five years later in 1979, he's, going after Bob Backlund. So he's such a big draw and he's such a big name, such a good heel over such a long period of time that, yes, you could be the tag team champion. Yes, you could feud with Bruno, but then you're going to have a few with Backlund that people are interested in. And obviously Backlund gets the win in that match. And that's in uh, October of 1979. So really he leaves for a while. He has one match in 1980 for WWF. He comes back in 1984. It's one of the things where Vince sees a bunch of guys. I know he went to Mid-South for a little bit, and he was North American champion. He did really well there. But it's one of the things where Vince wants to scoop up these guys where he knows he can make a lot of money. And guess what's going on in the 80s? The Cold War. 
America versus Russia. I mean, that was the, the hot thing. The Americans versus the Russians. Anytime you can get those kind of guys together, one true blue American, one really, you know, commie um, singing the Russian national anthem, strong red man, if you will, in Volkov, then, you know, you can create some real, real heat and generate some real dollars because when you get people boiled up and you start messing with their emotions, that is when, you know, the real, real fire starts. And that's really when you can make some big money. And Volkov did have, you know, a little bit of feud with uh, Sergeant Slaughter in between. And he had some matches against Ivan, Ko- um, uh, not Ivan Kolov, excuse me, <laughs> Ivan Putsky. Ivan Kolov, of course, the former WWF world champion and was known as also as a Russian as well. But him and Putsky exchanged some wins back and forth. Obviously, Slaughter's involved. Andre the Giant gets the chance to wrestle him in the early days of the Volkov Sheik tag team, which is kind of the ultimate heel tag team. The, you know, the Iran, the Iranian from Tehran, Iran and Volkov together. I mean, just pure heat, pure hatred for those two guys. They were just absolutely despised by the audience especially when volkov would sing his national anthem my god he would get booed out of the building the crowd absolutely hated that and and hated those two so you can't really get away with that today and that's funny when people think about like you definitely would not be able to do that today and even close to get away with that today the crowd just go nuts they would complain they would try to get you canceled but man back then perfect way to get heel heat i loved it It was such a good idea to kind of really rile up the crowd and really get some pure hatred you have the american versus the russian and you replay his national anthem and you get some real tremendous heat going on so the first hogan match against volkov 12 9 1984 maple leafs garden in toronto ontario canada hulk hogan defeats nikolai volkov in about 10 minutes they have uh their next match basically a while down the road actually not really a while down the road just a month or so month and a half down the road hogan would defeat nikolai volkov in hartford connecticut they're also a part of a house show in landover maryland where it's a 50 thousand dollar tag team battle royal where hogan and hillbilly jim get the victory in that one volkov of course was teaming with Sheik, but they do get eliminated the next match that hogan and nikolai volkov have is a part of the king of the ring king of the ring 1985 7885 which is really just a house show event or a live event in foxborough mass when hogan defeats volkov here it's at Sullivan Stadium. 23,000 people are in attendance. Pretty good house for what they were expecting. Of course, the King of the Ring is won by the magnificent Morocco. And it's interesting to note that he defeats Iron Sheik in the finals that year to claim the first ever really King of the Ring. But that's not the main event. The main event and the reason why you had 23,000 people there was because of Hulk Hogan, Nikolai Volkov, and Hogan, like I mentioned, gets the victory there. So... They do have a bunch of big matches, no pay-per-view match, but there is a big 10th pole match that I'm going to get to, but that's definitely one of them. Um, the match Toronto, Ontario w- was great, but this match at the King of the Ring in 85 is something that gets people's attention because that's, you know, doing pretty good numbers and, and pretty good attendance wise 23,000 at a stadium here in Massachusetts. So then they have a house show in St. Louis in August. Hogan defeats Volkov there. They have another match on 831-85. Hogan defeats Volkov at the Rosemont Horizon and Rosemont, Illinois, a.k.a. Chicago. Then here's the big one, 10-3-1985. Hulk Hogan defeats Nikolai Volkov in about five minutes or so in a flag match, part of Saturday night's main event, number two, Brendan Byrne Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. This actually aired on 
10-5. So it's taped on 10-3 and aired on 10-5. About 8,000 people in attendance. The rating for the show, 8.3. Pretty insane. People were interested, obviously, in the flag match, but of course people were interested in Hulk Hogan giving that rush in his comeuppance. They were, of course, a part of a battle royal, 2-21-1987, leading into WrestleMania 3, Saturday night's main event number 10, the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Hercules wins that battle royal. Then 5-22-1987 at House Show in Providence, Rhode Island. Hulk Hogan and Jim Duggan defeat Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. And really, the last time that they'd be in the ring together was Royal Rumble 1992. Every man for himself, Knickerbock Arena in Albany, New York. Ric Flair ends up winning the vacated WWF World title. And that was on 1-1992. And it's interesting to note that Nikolai Volkov is in that match. But he really wasn't in the WWF for a while before that. I know that he was a big part of WWF for a long time, but it's weird. It's like, wow, okay. Like he basically had his run ended from what I said in 84 to 1990. And the Survivor Series 1990, a part of the Hartford Civic Center show at the Hartford, Connecticut. Survivor Series elimination. Luke Butch, Nikolai Volkov, Tito Santana defeat the mercenaries, Boris Dukov, Sato Tanaka, and Sergeant Slaughter in about 11 minutes. Of course, Tito was a sole survivor there. That match was Volkov's last match in the WWF until World Rumble 1992. And then after that, he, Hercules beats him on a house show in Lowell, Mass. And he doesn't come back again until 1993. He has one match against Barry Horowitz. Then he comes back on 4-13-94 and starts wrestling again and has some matches there. And then, of course, as everyone knows, be, becomes a part of the Million Dollar Corporation. And they kind of, you know, not made a mockery, but they had like a silly, silly gimmick uh, for Nikolai. His real last match in 94 was 12-30-1994. He beat Bob Starr, very, very fun Bob Starr, a very good enhancement guy in Allentown, PA. Before that, he lost a few matches to 1-2-3-Kid, but that's really his last ever match before the WrestleMania 17 gimmick battle royal so nikolai volkov had quite a run and i think the the most important thing that came out of the hogan era feud really was that it was you know the, the great american hulk hogan against the quote-unquote kami the the russian in nikolai volkov i think a lot of people were interested in that feud because of that dynamic volkov was super over as a heel of course when you teamed him with iron Sheik and they win the tag titles i mean that's just another thing too that you're just like wow that is really really going to get you over as a heel being teamed up with one of the most hated uh, wrestlers of all time i mean absolutely now he's kind of beloved and obviously he's uh, doing a lot of jokey stuff on the internet and and kind of makes himself known that way even though people don't realize this i hate to break the news everybody he does not run his own twitter that is the megan brothers and the f hulk hogan all that other jokey stuff that they put up is all them i'm actually shocked that there's a blue check mark next to that name because i know they were doing the same thing for virgil and twitter knew that obviously aren't that virgil wasn't posting that stuff the meat sauce and all this other stuff so they took away his blue check mark i'm actually surprised that they haven't taken away Iron cheeks blue check mark because he does not i hate to break this to everybody and i hate to break everybody's spirits here but does not do his own tweeting he would does not know how to use Twitter and all sort of stuff. So um, just absolutely I- insane that uh, Twitter 
keeps him verified. But anyway, I just want to also mention that when they did win the tag titles, Sheik and Volkov, it was at WrestleMania 1. So they are part of wrestling history forever. Everybody will remember them forever, just not only being great heels, but anybody part of that original WrestleMania 1 cast is absolutely beloved. Of course, they beat Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo of the U.S. Express, and they end up losing it back to those two in June. So they held out a title for about 78 days, and they lose to the U.S. US Express, if I keep seeing New York, at Championship Wrestling in June. So that's pretty much it for this week that I have for the Hogan Era podcast. I kind of would love if you guys went back and listened to the Hogan interview I did with the Hulksters, part of a special feature interview that I was able to get with Hulk Hogan. Please listen to that. And in the archives, I have an interview with Nikolai Volkov that I did a few years ago before he unfortunately passed on. But really, really great stuff. Really fun stuff. Funny, when you're doing the interview, it's like, oh, my God, his accent might be too strong. Can't understand it. But not at all. I, I thought he sounded great, came off great. Everything was really, really fun as far as doing the interview. He's a great guy. And I think it was a great interview. And I think you will enjoy it. So check that out in the archives. Not only the Hogan interview, but also check out the interview with Nikolai Volkov. So let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at two-man power trip check out the website tmptempire.com and of course patreon patreon.com slash tmptempire like to thank everybody for listening this week we'll see you right back here next week for another edition of the hogan era podcast we'll see you next week folks This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother. Well, Hulk, despite your warnings, Nikolai Volkov continues to sing the national anthem and carry the Russian flag. Well, you know me, Gene, that sings too much. But as far as the Russian flag goes, that's absolutely the limit. I can't stand to see our enemy's flag in the ring. That's why I'm carrying the red, white, and blue, brother. I'm proud of America. I stand for this country. And I'm going to promise you one thing. When this fight is over tonight, there's only going to be one flag standing. That's the stars and stripes forever. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard it from the World Wrestling Federation's heavyweight champion. And Vince McMahon, I think you're going to concur with me that Hulk Hogan, obviously, is a man possessed for the love of his country as he heads toward the ring. On Saturday night's main event, take a look at that. Hulk Hogan with old glory flying high above. That's Hulk Hogan defends, as we said earlier, not just the World Wrestling Federation title, but indeed the honor of this great country. Hulk Hogan stepping up to the apron now. Hulk Hogan against Nikolai Volkov. 
This should be truly, Jesse, one of the great matches. It definitely is, because I'll tell you what, Nikolai Volkov, well over 300 pounds, well-schooled as all the Iron Curtain wrestlers are. They're great amateur wrestlers, they're great professionals, and in my opinion, we might see the champion go down right here on Saturday Night Main Event. No doubt of that, if an individual can do that, it could very well be. Nikolai Volkov managed by Freddie Blassie. Few last-minute words of advice there by Mr. Blassie. Up from behind, Nikolai Volkov hammering away on the holster. Volkov really going to work, taking advantage even before the bell rang. I'll tell you what, the champion made a big mistake. He turned his back, and in a match like this, everything goes because all the marbles are on the line, McMahon, that title. Hulk Hogan and Nikolai Volkov going at it. Volkov wasting no time at all, trying to gain an advantage, and indeed he's done just that. Volkov with a hoaxer's t-shirt wrapped around the throat. The referee having some difficulty, obviously, in maintaining order. I love it. Hogan didn't get any chance to rip his shirt off. He didn't get a chance to pose. The big Russian laid it to him right on the onslaught, McMahon. No, hoaxer not going in. Bracing for the blow. Elbow strikes the midsection. Volkov in head first. Hulk Hogan hammering away. Oh, Nikolai Volkov sets him up. Wins him to the buckles. Here comes the Hulkster. Well, he caught him there with a big, big clothesline. He took the starch out of Nikolai. Freddie Blassie's going to have to do something to rally his big Russian here because Hogan's now on a roll, McMahon. Hogan trying to set up Volkov. 330 pounds. Oh, man! The tide has turned. Hulk Hogan drops the elbow. The Hulkster with a big Russian Volkov. Don't count him out. Volkov is tough. Look at that headbutt. He doesn't even go down from it. A right hand. Volkov finally down. Well, the headbutt's something new out of Hogan. I've never seen him use a headbutt before, but apparently he has it in his arsenal. Off the ropes, Nikolai Volkov into the boot now. Back over the ropes. Volkov out on the timekeeper's table. And the champion going out after him. No business for that. The match should stay in the ring. Why Hogan's taking it out to the floor, I don't know. Hogan and Volkov on the outside. Hogan, oh my goodness, look out. Oh, look at that. Volkov put on the brakes. Shove the champion into the iron ring post. That'll take its toll on Hulk Hogan. Definitely. Hogan made the mistake himself. He took it to the floor, and he's paying for it right now. More damage done to the back. Volkov hammering away now. Volkov perhaps sensing victory. Depending upon how much damage was done to the Hulkster on the outside of the ring. Look at this, Volkov now to the second row. Well, you know classy Freddy Blassie's had one world champion, the Iron Sheik, and I can tell he's tasting it now. He feels here comes his second champion. Volkov with Hulkster. Both individuals approximately the same weight. Volkov perhaps a little stronger than the Hulkster, allegedly. Look at this. Oh, no, he can't put him on. He can. He Look at the it. strength possessed he did it. by Nikolai wow. Volkov. That's wow. incredible. Boom! This could be it, man. That could very well. Oh, he's wasted too much time. He should go for the cover. He definitely should. He's got it. He's got to follow up that devastating move with another devastating move. Get that three count, Nikolai. Two, and he can't do it. 
Big mistake there, I'll agree with you, McMahon. Big mistake. Volkov still in control, however. Has the Hulkster on his feet now, trying to set him up for the ride. Whips him to the buckle. Nikolai Volkov, perhaps sensing victory here. In the lower abdominal area, a kick by Volkov. We see no scientific wrestling whatsoever in this matchup. It's just brute. It's strength against strength. It's fighting for the title, McMahon. Trying to go up for a backbreaker, I believe. Hulkster's blocking it thus far, trying to get down low. It's Volkov going up and Tremendous power move right there by Hogan. That might well have saved this title for him temporarily. Volkov recovering a bit quicker than the Hulk. Oh, look, a nice right hand by Hulk Hogan. Hulkster with another one. Volkov coming right back at him. Volkov, the master of roughhouse tactics. Ooh. Well, it's obviously Freddie Blassie trained Volkov well. They had a game plan, and Big Nikolai, the plan seems to be do anything and everything. Look at that title. body slam. What a cover now. One, two. Still a kick out by Hulk Hogan and one with authority. Volkov not letting up whatsoever. But look at this. I can't believe Hogan stood up after them. A right hand by the champion, another one. Hammering away on Volkov, Hulk Hogan moments ago. Reverso, here comes the hooks into the buckle. Volkov moving on. strong words prior to your title defense and even stronger actions backing it all up when you got in the ring do you think Nikolai Volkov finally learned his lesson well you know something mean Gene if you live this thing day and night brother you can believe in it just like all these Hulkamaniacs do but if Nikolai Volkov brother if you didn't get the message that the USA the red white and blue is gonna live forever 
I'll explain it to you a little slower next time, baby doll. All right. Hulk, if we can move on to some happier thoughts, there's going to be a big wedding here tonight, and you're going to be part of it. Well, you know me, Gene, after this great victory the USA and all these Hulkamanians just had, you know, it's kind of nice that we mellow out a little bit and let all these people know that wrestlers are nice people, too. I can't wait for this wedding, but what I'm most excited about is I heard you're going to be playing the keyboards, brother, at the wedding. Well, I'm going to be playing the organ, I guess. Man, I can't wait for that, Mean Gene. All right, we're excited about it. Back to you, Vince McMahon. Oh, my. <laughs>